We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio, a.k.a. GMAC, and it's time to preview the Knicks' upcoming matchup against the Houston Rockets. After three much-needed days off, both for the players and the fan base and potentially even for content creators everywhere, uh, the take cycles and the arguments from hive to hive are officially done. We can get back to playing basketball while the Knicks come in losers of three straight. Ironically, they actually improved in the standings after that magic game. Since the Knicks last played a game, they gained ground on the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets in the standings. They enter the final seven games of the season, two games up, both on Brooklyn and Miami for the six and seven seed right now. Brooklyn, because they have the tiebreaker on Miami head to head, is the six seed. Miami obviously being the seven seed. It's all discussed on uh, the pod that John and Benji did on Sunday night. Well, the Knicks might get Jalen Brunson back for this game. He was a full participant in practice. Um, and in the conversation you're going to hear, it is mentioned about Jalen Brunson. This conversation was recorded very early Sunday morning. Um, so obviously, I didn't have the latest uh, update on Jalen Brunson, which is why I'm giving it to you now. Jalen Brunson's probably going to play, is what it sounds like, was a full participant in practice on Sunday. So we'll see. Uh the Rockets come in uh, on a back-to-back. They lost in Cleveland on Sunday night. They have lost five games in a row, are 18-57. and 57. And the man you're about to hear, Roosh Williams, who's been covering the Rockets for a while, he hosts uh, watch parties on playback. You you've obviously know about playback at this point. Uh, for Rockets Watch, they have over 4,000 members in Rockets Watch uh, for their page, not Patreon, for their playback. They don't put it on Patreon. That's just like their form of content. So um, Roosh knows the Rockets really well, and he will talk up the Rockets that they're playing much better in March. Well, they're 5-9 and nine in March, so the Knicks should win this game. I know that's been a theme for the last week. The Knicks should win this game against the Timberwolves, against the Magic, against the Rockets. Th- this is where I'll actually join all of you with the uh, l- look over the ledge if the, the Knicks can't win. So let's preview this matchup between the Knicks and the Rockets with Roosh Williams of Rockets Watch. Enjoy. Joining me now here on the Knicks Film School pregame show. Well, the vibes could not be worse for the New York Knicks at the moment after losing three straight and with the Miami Heat and the Brooklyn Nets currently charging their way toward the Knicks in the standings. So you'd imagine that welcoming in at the current time, a 18 and 56 team should put the minds of Knicks fans at ease. Uh, but of course that won't because we're afraid of everybody and everything. We could be Owen 75 right now. We'd probably still be afraid. So joining me to potentially calm our nerves, uh, but maybe even to tell you how formidable this opponent may be. Uh, he is one half of the Noble and Rouge podcast on the Ball is Life network uh, and also one of the hosts of Rockets Watch. You get part of our good friends at Playback uh, throughout the season. Uh, Rouge Williams, welcome to the Knicks Film School pregame show. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to be here. Uh, I've always seen the Knicks Film School, so it's nice to finally, you know, 
make an appearance. Nice to finally make the connection as well right. to have you make this appearance. And you heard the intro. Uh, Jalen Brunson had a quote maybe a month or so ago, and the, the Knicks were in the midst of a nine-game winning streak. They didn't lose after they made the trade for Josh Hart. And then, I don't want to say the sky is falling, but uh, the vibes are no longer immaculate. And Again, I don't know how you're perceiving this game, that it's just like another L on the schedule or whether the Rockets are are currently a formidable opponent for, for the Knicks. Actually, it could be a game that the Knicks get back to their winning ways. But I know how Knicks fans feel about this, especially after they just lost against Orlando. They gave up 140 points to the Timberwolves last Monday and are currently staring at a fourth straight loss if they were to lose this one. So... What do you want to say to Knicks fans about this game? Should we be afraid of the Houston Rockets? No, I don't think you should be afraid of the Houston Rockets. Now, can the Houston Rockets surprise you? They can. Um, it, it can happen. We've done it. Mm -hmm. Much to you know my dismay because um, <laughs> I'm going. I'm going for the lottery odds, of course. Uh -huh. but, but we've done it. Um, but I wouldn't bank on it. I mean, we are defensively not sound at all. Um, guys like size, size really kills us, right? So if Julius Randle's playing. We're going to have a problem containing mm. Julius Randle, right? Um, if Mitchell Robinson is playing, we're not going to be able to box him out. Uh, we're not going to be able to stop him, you know, over the top. Uh, we're not going to be able to score on him at the rim. That kind of stuff. If Jalen is Jalen Brunson playing, or is he still out? So that's the the tricky part. Is apparently in the Miami Heat game, he sprained his hand. Mm. So we found out about it midway through the day on Thursday, the next day. Okay. And he was a game time decision of ruled out. So mm -hmm. we have no idea the severity of it. The Knicks haven't played since Thursday. My guess is he doesn't play in this game because the following game is against the Miami heat. I actually kind of hope he plays. So he's not coming back from injury against the heat. Um, but I, that's the status that, that we have as of right now. So, <clears throat> look, we're, Rockets are the kind of team, by the way, Isaiah Hardenstein is an ex-Rocket, um, mm -hmm. made a start with the Rockets, and he's one of those that, like, Rockets fans, you know, he's just a role player, um, but he could have been helpful for those past teams, and the Rockets let him go when they got Russell Westbrook and went super-duper small, and Rockets fans to this day are still kind of just like, why did we do that? So, <laughs> he, he's the kind of player that, you know, he can come off the bench and, and hurt the Rockets because we just don't have size. We really don't, um, and, and we're not – the Rockets are not aware – defensively um they just kind of let it rip so so with that said when they get hot they kind of don't have a conscience and they just they just do things where you know it's kind of like a no 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 oh okay yes kind of thing right and, and okay. it's like, hey, going. but there's really not a method to the madness they just let it rip um and and they don't have you know like Jalen green it, which version of Jalen green are we going to get are we going to get the version where you know he looks like a superstar two guard or are we going to get the version where he goes like six of 15? You know, I don't know. Um, are they going to run it through Alperin Shangun? Is Jabari Smith going to be hot? Jabari Smith. So a big reason that the Rockets have kind of turned it up in the month of March is because Jabari Smith has finally arrived, I guess, so to speak, right? He's, he's finally become the Jabari Smith that we thought we drafted for a majority of the season. He was not. Um, but, but in the month of March, He's averaging, I don't know, I think it's like 15 and a half per game, seven and a half rebounds per game, 41% from three on just around five attempts per game, about 49, almost 50% from the field overall. Um, he's just looking more so like Jabari Smith, but we are a very poor shooting, three point shooting team. I don't know where we stand statistically in the league, um, but we were not good. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, so, you know, that should bode well in your favor. Again, the, the Knicks have size, even, even in the backcourt, you have size with like RJ Barrett, for example. And we're the type of team where like a guy like Quentin Grimes will probably kill us. You know, like the, the role players tend to go off against the Rockets. So I could see, I could see a Josh Hart killing us, uh, Quentin Grimes killing us, Julius Randle putting up, you know, like 27 and 13, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, if we do win, it's going to be because the Knicks couldn't defend us. It's not going to be because we shut the Knicks down. So, so that's man. So I'll start here with the fact that um, the Knicks haven't really been defending anybody lately. Um, <laughs> their their defensive rating has creep has crept down into the bottom thirteen, I think, in the league. Okay. Um, now it's a somewhat misleading stat because it was it was trending up when Mitchell Robinson came back from injury, and they were they were just dominating the offensive boards and then the, uh, just the boards in general. Um, and then when Josh Hart 
got traded here. They had multiple wings that you could throw at people. And this the, this weird thing, a lot of people that have come on here have been just stunned that the offense of the Knicks have because it's Tom Thibodeau coach team. And that initially leads you to think, oh, so they're defense first with a poor offense and they're fifth in offense right now. And they're currently 18th in defense. Um, so that's what you might not expect. Uh, so that while I like I you're right about the three point percentage, they're 29th right now, the Rockets in the effective field goal percentage. So I, 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 I'm a little comforted by that, but I also understand why Knicks fans will then look at, you know, the last couple games of teams just getting hot against the Knicks and them not being able to stop that. You mentioned something about the boards though. Has that been a trend all year that the Rockets haven't been able to, um, contain the boards because I'm I'm so just going off of their stats. Their offensive rebounding is great, but their defensive rebound doesn't seem to be all that great. Right. So we're a good offensive rebounding team. We might even I don't I don't haven't looked at the numbers. Um, we might even be generally good at rebounding on a base level stats. Um, but practice- just, real, just real quick, first in offensive rebound rebounding right ahead of the Knicks. But then to your point about uh, rebounding in general, also first. But then when you go to defensive, I think they're closer to the middle. Yeah, so closer to the middle. So, and and I don't know how much of that is, you know, hey, they're a good rebounding team versus, for example, they miss a bunch of their own shots and rebound their own shots, right? Like Alperin Shangun and Tari Eason, for example, miss a lot of um, shots at the rim and then they'll rebound them. It's also kind of tricky because Shangun, for example, is actually really good at the rim, but he will like miss a putback and like keep tapping the ball until it goes in. And those Mm -hmm. all count as missed field goal attempts and offensive rebounds, which is yep. like, it's kind of stupid, right? Um, <laughs> practically speaking, we don't dominate anyone on the defensive glass. I mean, if you have size, we will be susceptible to that. The types of teams that we're able to kind of come out and surprise and beat um, are going to be teams like, like the Celtics. We beat the Celtics uh, recently, right? Mm-hmm. That was, that was more so a function of the fact that the Celtics kind of go small, right? Their biggest guy without, Robert Williams without a uh, time Lord in there is, is Horford and Horford's no bigger than Alperin Shingun, Right. So we were able to kind of, you know, it, it, it basically turns into like a spread out, you know, mono e mono type thing, drive and kick. And like, we could every now and then we could play that game and, and maybe beat you. We beat the Lakers. They were missing Anthony Davis and they were missing LeBron James. So like, and they were on the second night of the back to back. We beat the Pelicans, which was a surprise. Jonas Valanciunas killed us though. Right. He had like 20 something and 15 and, and we had no answer for him on the block. Um, we just kind of, we were down the entire game and made like a lightning bolt come back in the fourth somehow and won the game on a buzzer beater by Jabari Smith. So it's like, if you have a somewhat principled team, you should be able to beat the Rockets. Um, but we do have talent, uh, and we occasionally come out. So another, another factor, right. Um, is Jay Sean Tate going to play? Jay Sean Tate has been held out recently. He's got, I think, I think an ankle injury. He's got some type of injury. Um, he's not that critical. The issue is his backup, his replacement is a guy named Dacian Nix. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dacian Nix. I'm not. He's arguably one of the worst players in, in the, in the association. And so okay. he's, our, he's our backup point guard, right? So when Dacian Nix is going to play, like, good chance for the Knicks to, uh, to, to beat us, right? Um, other interesting thing, Tari Eason, our rookie from LSU, number, uh, number 17 overall pick, his playing time has been kind of up and down just like traditional rookie stuff. Although I think he really deserves to play a lot more and arguably could start, but he's been playing a lot, um, a lot more lately. And when he does, he actually impacts winning. So if they play him heavily, that could be, that could be a factor. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, we're just not that big defensively. We're not like KJ Martin is, is a great athlete. I love, love watching him play fun player, not good defensively. Jalen green, good on ball defender off the ball gets mixed up. Not good defensively. Alperin Shangun has some good instincts, but he's just a little slow-footed right now, and he's not enough to be your starting center against a team with real size. Uh, Jabari Smith has issues defensively. He's good, but he's also easy to get beat off of switches and off of screens. Um, so if the Knicks are principled at all, they should be able to beat us, especially if Jalen Brunson's playing. So I wouldn't be afraid of the Rockets, um, but it's one of those things where you're going to want to come out and put them down early. Right. If you don't put the Rockets down early, they sometimes linger around and they kind of turn it into an ugly game. And you'll you'll be midway through the third wondering, like, hey, how is this a five point game? And then they might come out and beat you at the end of it. Right. But you just want yeah. to put them away early, which for most of the season is what is, is what's happened. So, yeah, the last time the Knicks played the, the Rockets, I guess I say the only time the Knicks have played the Rockets this season was New Year's Eve. Um, and it was similar to what you're talking about, but 
almost in reverse that the Rockets came out hot. And then because the Knicks were a little more disciplined, they just came out with a few adjustments in the second half. I believe that was a, a, an entire second half with like one or two turnovers as a result. And they turned it into a 20 point win. Um, they look Knicks fans. I hope you heard all of that and you were able to hear, uh, hear that this, this should be a game that the Knicks take care of business and win should be. And, you know, we'll see if the sky is still falling on on Monday night when this is all over. Um, I do have some questions about the Rockets' season, though. Um, did you did you coming into this season with the the knowledge of of well, with what you knew already about Jabari Smith, and after what you saw last year from uh, from Jalen and from Kevin Porter Jr., did you expect this to be a tanking season going in? So I think the Rockets, I'm pretty confident in saying that the Rockets expected this to be a tanking season, but not the, not in the manner that it's mm. played out. More so something a little bit closer to Charlotte, uh, somewhere in between maybe Charlotte and Orlando, right? Okay. Like 24, 25 wins, competitive losses, like, hey, you know, that kind of thing. Not like this dumpster fire that, you know, you've, you've seen for most of the season, right? I yeah. don't think that's what they expected. Um, but again... I mean, look, their backcourt, their backcourt is two, it's basically two combo guards, right? Like Kevin Porter, they don't have a real point guard. They're running two offense first combo guards with kind of similar games, maybe not aesthetically, but just the idea of their games. Kevin Porter and Jalen Green's first goal is to go score, right? Their, their primary talent is scoring the basketball. Uh, Kevin Porter's become better at making some reads, but he's not a point guard. Um, so they overlap in a lot of ways, right? And they don't really complement each other in that regard. So, so again, it's like sometimes they're hot and it's like, Hey, great. This is fun. Sometimes they're not. And it's just very, there's no rhythm. There's no chemistry. Um, Jabari, like we said, he just couldn't shoot for basically, you know, 80% of the season. I don't know. Yeah. I, don't know I don't know what, what it was, um, honestly, but he was one of the worst. I mean, I was watching, I was watching him thinking like, yo, this is, is this Evan Turner is, is for most of the season, what I was thinking. And then recently in the month of March, he turned it up and he's starting to show us like, okay, that's the kid we drafted. Just took him a while because I guess he's young. Um, but his shot and confidence wasn't there. So, you know, I, coming into the season as fans, sometimes we get a little high on the team. I thought they'd be bad. I thought that they would win around 25 games. And right now they're at 18 and they'll likely end. They still have to play Detroit and Charlotte. So they can probably end up like 2021. 20, but the manner in which they've come across those wins, for example, you know, they won back-to-back games against the Spurs about a month ago, three weeks ago, when the Spurs, you know, shut down half of their roster for each game. So it's like there's a lot of fool's gold in there, right? One of their wins is against Detroit, right? Detroit's no good, obviously. Right. So it's like you, you, when you factor in the context of it, they also have some good wins. They beat Milwaukee uh, in like a grind-out game. They beat the Suns. Um, they beat... You mentioned the Celtics game, too. Celtics, right? Yeah. So like they've, they've got some of those. But when you kind of look at it, as a whole picture. I, but again, I will say in March, they've been playing a little bit better. Let me, let me just pull it up so that I can make sure I cite it correctly. Um, for example, they, so the, yeah, first at the beginning of March, right? They played the Spurs back to back. They beat them fool's gold. Then they lost to the Nets by 20 something. They took the Pacers to overtime without Kevin Porter Jr. And that, that was like Jabari Smith's like, Oh my God, you know, he had a, a turnaround fadeaway three pointer to send it to overtime, but they lost. They, they lost to the Bulls in a close game. Bulls aren't that great. Uh, they beat the Celtics, like I said. They beat the Lakers on the second night of a back-to-back without AD and LeBron. They beat the Pelicans in a comeback. That was three in a row. But mm. then since then, they got blown out by the Pelicans. They lost by 10, but they were losing by more than that throughout the game. They got beat end-to-end for the most part by the Warriors. Uh, they kept it kind of close with the Warriors, but the Warriors pulled away in the fourth, and, and it really wasn't a game. And the Warriors were on the road, and as we know, they're one of the worst road teams in the league. Um, they lost a close one to the Grizzlies, which was surprising. And then they lost by 37 to the Grizzlies. So they've lost four in a row. Um, they're just a very up and down team, man. They, like I said, if you can get them down early, you can beat them. You know? Yeah. To your point about the month of March, I, they've got five of their 18 wins this month, you know? Right. So you add, yeah, I, I pulled up, I sorted the, the NBA stats page and just before this four game winning streak, I think I've, this would have legitimately been panic mode if this, the Rockets were coming in on that five and four stretch in March coming into this game. So I guess Knicks fans could breathe a little bit. Um, doing a little research through your tweets, or I guess research, going through your tweets and seeing um, 
some of the the recent reactions. Uh, I sense you're not the biggest fan of Steven Silas. Is is that a fair assessment yes. of the, the situation? Yeah, and, and, that's, and that's another thing. Uh, oh, sorry. Did you? Well, just like is that a common thing across the fan base? Yeah. So that's another thing. Uh, Thibodeau should have the upper hand. I would be surprised if Steven Silas outcoached Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Um, do the fans feel that that way? Yes, largely. You know, he, he's here's the thing. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's he's touted as a very very nice guy. You know, and that just really doesn't mean anything to me as like, mm-hmm. a, you know, as the coach of your team, like, right. Um, when it comes to game management, I just think he's been so bad. Uh, when it comes to the, the philosophy fundamentally of his offense, I think it's just poor. It's really like a, it's, it's a, you know, lead ball handler, read and react type offense. And we're basically doing, we're just spread. We basically spread guys out and let Kevin Porter drive and kick. And then it, you know, we do some like fake three man weave hand dribble handoffs behind the three point line. Mm. And then it's like a Jalen Green isolation play. Or you post up Alper and Shingoon and everyone just stands and watches with no one cutting. You know, it, it's, it's just kind of dysfunctional might be the wrong word, but it is not pretty to watch. And if I was another team, I would not be afraid of watching it. His rotations, I mean, he'll, he'll, for example, you know, common sense would tell you. That you have to, you should probably stagger the minutes of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. Right, keep one of those guys out there at all times. He most of the time, sometimes he staggers them, rarely to the point where when he does stagger them, Rockets fans are like, "Oh my God, he's staggering them!" Look, um, but generally speaking, he plays them together. I mean, he just plays them together, and then he will bring in a bench unit of like straight bench guys with maybe mm. you know. KJ Martin starting or in, as the starter in the group or something like that. So you'll see, depending on if Jay Shante is playing tomorrow, let me just pull up the bench that they, that they ran like in the last somewhat competitive game. You're going to, you're going to see guys like, you know, Josh Christopher, um, probably Dacian Nix here. Let's see. Yeah. Usman Garuba, who by the way, I, I'm very high on. So I, I like Garuba a lot. Uh, if, if they get the right bench group in there, sometimes they wreak havoc, but Usman Garuba, Tari Eason, Josh Christopher, Dacian Nix. He'll put those four guys in there with like KJ Martin. Mm. And there's just no offense to be had. There's no shooting to be had. Um, I mean, I'm talking about a lineup of four guys, two of whom can shoot on paper, but they're not shooters, you know? So it's like, there's just no space. He'll do things like that. He'll do things like, you know, Jalen Green will start the game. He did this against Boston. Jalen Green started the game 17 points on like, I don't know, five of eight or something like that. Five of nine, something like that. And then he'll bench him for seven or eight minutes and then totally ice him out. And Jalen Green finished the game like eight of 29. You know, like he just has a very poor read on the flow of the game, on managing his rotations, on putting players in positions to succeed, on combinations um, of like, you know, like minded players. So, one thing I'll say though is they recently signed DJ Augustine. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm talking like a few days ago. And so he might, there's a chance he might be your backup point guard instead of a guy like Dacian Nix. And he had chemistry with Alper and Shangoon at one point in time last season. So for whatever that's worth, maybe you'll maybe you'll avoid Dacian Knicks. Uh, but you know, if I was a Knicks fan, if the Knicks are hungry and if they're playing hard, I mean, at the end of the day, we don't have an answer for Julius Randle, period. So if you if you run through Randle and you just beat us up on mm. inside with the size, I feel like that'll be enough. We call that the run the jewels offense here in New York. <laughs> yes. Obviously, you run through Julius Randle. Is that is? Do you think that the Rockets get rid of Silas this offseason? Is there speculation that his job is in jeopardy at least? Um, as far as I know, yeah. It's, okay. It's, it's now the thing is, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I would I would say he's probably gone. There's a, okay. there's always a chance that he could come back. We'll see um, because this the setup was kind of like a tank setup, you know, but. He has drawn tons of criticism in his time here. So as far as I know, I I would expect them to replace him. Um, And then the other consideration there is that he's got a, I believe he's got a team option, right? Mm. So it's more of a matter of a, are you going to pick up the option and have a lame duck Steven Silas, you know, in a final year, final final year of the contract or B, are you going to extend Steven Silas? And I, I would be shocked if they extended Steven Silas. So I just think it's bad business to go lame duck. You know, it, that leads to my next question about kind of the future of the Rockets with obviously a high lottery pick upcoming and then 
I'm going to ask about the James Harden situation before this is over. Um, Go for it. Well, for starters, with the the lottery pick, who's the guy that you're you're eyeing the most? Is like we need this one player. If it is just one player of the the uh, speculative top four or five guys in the draft, that would make the biggest difference with this team. Um, I mean, Gwenbenyam is like the obvious answer, but like, is there another one that you think is a better basketball fit? Right, right. Um, for the record, I think we need more than one player, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. um, I, I, I love Scoot Henderson, man. I love mm-hmm. Scoot Henderson. I mean, obviously, Wembenyama, of course, right? He's. I do have concerns about his frame holding up. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's just me being... I don't know how old you are, but like we've seen a lot of big guys come and go. Oh, and I I see the, the, the path to be like... I'm trying to well, so obviously I have the Porzingis experience in my life. So like yeah, that's so. the one that's that sticks out. Um I just that 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 game he had against Scoot before the season where it was like, oh, so he plays like KD and defends like Gobert. This is yeah. nuts. Yeah. You know, so that's where I'm a little more confident in not necessarily in his frame. I agree with you. It's the same concern I had with Porzingis, but I I just wonder if like being with NBA trainers with NBA uh, dietitians and the NBA lifestyle will bulk him up to where he's stable enough to be your your franchise cornerstone. You know, yeah. I mean, play style—it's it's crazy, right? That's why he mm-hmm. is what he is, right? He's a seven-four, like you said, plays on the wing, can do can do shit on the wing like a KD, and then can you know defend um, like a Gobert. They don't, from what I've heard or read, seems like they don't want him to play center because of his frame. They don't want mm-hmm. him to like you know bang against against NBA bigs. Um, but I mean, look, I'm, I'm not putting Wembanyama down. If we get the number one pick, I'm, look, we're going to go Wembanyama, and that's what I want. Um, <laughs> I, but I just, you know, you obviously Porzingis, and Porzingis is a pretty damn good player. He's having a career year, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, but you know, the injury concerns just are what they are, and that's always been the case with guys that are that big. Um, but to answer your question, aside from Wembanyama, um, yeah, Scoot Henderson, man, I just think he's probably the best point guard prospect since like a John Wall. Um, I think he's got a lot of, you know, John Wall in him, a lot of maybe some Derrick Rose explosion. Um, His mid-range looks much more reliable than a John Wall, for example. He seems to have that elevated IQ um, of like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say Chris Paul, but like it makes me think of like a John Wall with like a Chris Paul. He's got that 6'9 wingspan. He's got those huge hands. And the Rockets just need an engine. They don't have an engine, you know, like Wemba Nyama would be, uh, again, if we get the number one pick, I'm going Wemby all day. But uh, the Rockets need an engine on this team. And right now they don't have one. They have good pieces. You know, Jabari Smith is, could be a very good two-way big. Jalen Green could be a superstar, all-star two guard. Um, but they don't have that guy that you give the ball to and like you feel comfortable with the ball in his hands to, to kind of run things. So I, I love Scoot, you know, and, and, you know, we have, you have Brandon Miller, but I like Tari Eason for, I think he's like a, a nice, you know, three and D type wing for the Rockets. So I personally wouldn't go Brandon Miller. And then the Thompson twins scare me just because I put no faith in, they don't scare me as in they're going to be bad players, but they scare me as in like in the context of the Rockets needing a, a, you know, Mm. a a piece in the rebuild. I feel like they're projects for now. I just, I don't know if you've watched any overtime elite, but like that is, I haven't. No, it's not NBA level competition. There's not an NBA big on the floor to be seen. Um, it's just some athletic kids just beating up on, you know, less athletic kids than them. Not to take anything away from them. I'm just saying like, you know, if, if we tanked this hard and to come away with it uh, at the end of it, I'd like to come away from it with, you know, a bona fide surefire. Like that's the guy. For over 30 years, the law offices of Weiss and Rosenblum in New York City has been home to a team of award-winning, hard-hitting injury attorneys who have a long track record of seven-figure results. Whether you've been injured in a car accident, fall, construction accident, or other traumatic event, Weiss and Rosenblum will work tirelessly to maximize the award, regardless of the severity of your injury, and get you and your family the fair and just compensation you deserve. Call Weiss and Rosenblum today at 212-366-6100. Again, that's 212-366-6100 or visit weissandrosenbloom.com for more information. No case is too big or too small. Personal attention to your matter is a priority. Once more, call 212-366-6100. Previous results do not guarantee future outcomes. If you think you might have a case, speak with a veteran attorney, not a rookie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how easy, fun, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant-quality meal right in your own kitchen. With fast and fresh recipes, HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 50 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with béarnaise sauce, or southwest pork and bean burritos. If you know anything about me, you know that I'm not the greatest when it comes to cooking. Thankfully, I found a life partner that loves her time in the kitchen and loves putting together these elaborate meals. Unfortunately, with her schedule working at a school all day and my schedule covering sports all night, we rarely have time to go to the grocery store together. Well, HelloFresh has made it possible for us to do all the grocery shopping for the week right from the comfort of our living room. In fact, just last night when I was editing the latest KFS pod, she was putting together two plates of Presto Pesto Panko Chicken with roasted potatoes and green beans. We were able to do dinner and a movie without even leaving the comfort of our own home. And this is just one of several delicious HelloFresh meal options with cook and prep time taking less than an hour. When you've got busy, conflicting schedules like ours, you don't have to go out for dinner and a movie. Instead, it comes right to you. Don't hesitate. Head to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool60 and use code FilmSchool60 for 60% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. What's up, Knicks fans? Quick break to tell you about Game Time. Is there an upcoming event you're trying to get tickets to? Whether it be tickets to one of the final home games of the Knicks season, or maybe it's a concert or a comedy show. Whatever it is, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped up for the fun you're going to have. Currently browsing through the Game Time app and I see all the events coming up in the area, whether it be the Knicks home game against the Miami Heat on Wednesday or home opener tickets for the Mets and Yankees, the Game Time app is so easy to navigate. You can search by category like sports, music, or shows, or search by teams like the Yankees, Islanders, or Knicks. I have to say that my favorite feature is the full 3D peripheral view you get whenever you select a seat. Just select a seat that's within your price range, move the phone from left to right, and get a good idea of the view you'll have during the event. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Game Time is also the fastest growing ticketing app in the country, and for a good reason. As I mentioned, get images of your seat before you buy 
so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, just two taps and you're set. Tickets are then sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code FILMSCHOOL for $20 off your first purchase. Again, create an account and redeem code FILMSCHOOL for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Speaking of a bona fide, sure, that's the guy. Um, guy won an MVP for the Houston Rockets uh, in the last five years. Um, and then obviously the situation when he was traded to Brooklyn and then uh, the, the right down 95, he went to, to <laughs> Philly. And uh, it's funny, the day that the first... Um, breadcrumb was laid out by Woj was Christmas Day when the Sixers were about to play the Knicks. So I had no idea in getting ready for that game what that would do to the game. The Sixers ended up winning by like 15 with a pretty impressive James Harden performance. Um, He was still, I don't know if he was playing himself into shape or just he had an injury and was coming back, but had not looked like that all season. So it kind of stunned us when he suddenly turned it on of course, at Madison Square Garden for a game like that. And then the story really hasn't gone away. And it's to the point now where I'm almost, there's enough smoke here where I'm expecting him to go to Houston. Um, I've found one of your tweets. I, I, of course, I X'd out of it, so I don't know it. I'll, I don't have it in front of me anymore. <laughs> but it, it was along the lines of like, it's very real, mm-hmm. hardened to Houston. And then your second point was like, there's a personal off the court reason mm-hmm. that um, is why this gives Houston the upper hand. And then throughout the thread, it was like, if Philly can't offer him a fifth year max, then Houston is absolutely in play. Mm-hmm. So do, do you mind expanding a little bit on what the off court reason would be and why he would choose to go from like, especially after how things ended two years ago, why he would go from, you know, Houston to Brooklyn to Philly back to Houston in a span of what would it be like like twenty five months. Traded him in January two thousand twenty one. Yeah, we're at twenty five months now. Yeah, or twenty six maybe. Twenty six now. So if you were to leave this summer, it's like twenty. It would be in less than thirty months. We'll that's, call it. Yeah, that's crazy. So okay. So first and foremost, um, the personal off the court reason, out of respect to him, I won't. I won't divulge it, and I haven't. Just one of those things that you know. If it happens, if it comes out, just remember the tweet, and you'll be like, "Oh, okay, okay. that makes All sense." Right. You know, so that that's that's that. Get to um, know. As far as you know, is the smoke real? It's absolutely real for sure. You know, I mean, I you know the people that I speak to, it's real. He, he's maintained a connection to Houston. He still loves Houston. Um, the fifth year max, apparently Philly can't offer him a fifth year max. There's mm-hmm. some type of, you know, I think it's like the 38 year 38 and over rule or whatever. It's the Chris Paul thing that right. happened. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's part of the thing, right? It's Philly's kind of money wise, you know, Houston could, could compete with them. Um, we'll see. I don't know. It doesn't make sense as to like, why would he leave Joel Embiid? Right. Um, and it, it, I think it is partially going to be contingent upon how the Sixers perform. Right. If the Sixers get bounced in the second round and, you know, Harden's getting blamed or getting whatever the whatever word you want to use, right? If it's the same old story, like, oh, James Harden flamed out of the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. That might, again, help his path to Houston. If the Sixers make the finals, though, for example, I think that would complicate a return to Houston. So it, it does, to some degree, depend on, you know, how does Philly perform? I have heard, and this is secondhand, this is not direct, so take it with a grain of salt, but... I have heard that there is a possibility of Embiid actually asking out at some point, right? So, oh, okay. I thought you said like Embiid to Houston, not to Houston. No, no, no. Okay, no, no, no. believe me, the Knicks and their treasure troves of trove of assets. We are trying to be in pole position to be <laughs> the Embiid team. I, I believe you. I, I understand it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so, and I think maybe there's something there because, like, a lot of these guys, you know, they they know the deal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like if Embiid and Harden, and they seem to be fine and close. They don't seem to have any issues with each other. So it's like, I'm sure that they talk and, you know, like I know, for example, when, when Harden and Russ left, right. Uh, Russ basically had James's blessing, you know, James was like, man, I'm getting out of here. So you do mm. what you got to do. And Russ was like, all right, I'm out, you know? And, and so they, they kind of sometimes operate that way, but he, he remains very close to Houston. Um, I know that he monitors what the Rockets do 
you know, just in terms of like who they draft, how they develop, how the young guys play. He likes some of the young talent they have. If you look at Adidas's roster, Jalen Green is on Adidas's roster. They have connections there. They have actual, you know, like human beings that they are mutuals with. Um, that makes sense when you kind of look deeper into it in terms of like, hey, who's Harden's agent? What was his role with like getting some of the some of the deals with Adidas? Uh, is that same guy linked to Jalen Green at all? If you go look at all that, you'll kind of put some dots together. Jabari Smith might even be in that matrix. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he he loves Houston still. I mean, he just uh, I think it's a lot of it is a matter of again, there's the personal reason that is kind of maybe like the cherry on top where it's like, yeah, this makes sense. But uh, I think it's a matter of where the grass, he kind of realized the grass wasn't greener just in terms of like mm-hmm. being loved, you know? I mean, in Houston, he was the man, you know? And, and that goes beyond like the fans and stuff, you know, just the infrastructure that he had in Houston business wise, network wise, like, you know, Harden had his people. He had, you know, the club scene, like he had, his, he knew everyone, everyone loved him. He was praised, he was held in high regard. I don't know if that was the case in Brooklyn. I don't know if that's the case in Philly right now. Um, so I can, tell, I can tell you now it wasn't the case in Brooklyn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Right? So, and then obviously there was the whole Kyrie thing. So it's, it's very real. Um, it's just going to come down to, I think the primary factors are off the court reason in, in no order off the court reason, money, how Philadelphia performs in the playoffs. Um, and where Houston reasonably could be. Cause if he, if he's coming back, it's my understanding that he's not coming alone. I don't think he's coming with like, you know, Damian Lillard or something mm-hmm. like that. But like, I, I think he'd want to bring a couple of vets that would, that would like, for example, you could see, you could very well see Eric Gordon return to Houston. If, if Harden comes back to Houston, now is that what Rockets fans want? I don't know. Uh, I love Eric Gordon personally, but like, you know, we have this youth movement going on. So it's kind of this conundrum because you're basically blowing up this, this tank potentially. Uh, to accommodate the guy that is the reason you tanked in the first place. Right. Right. It's very weird. Um, But it is real. The smoke is real. And that's, I've checked across multiple unrelated sources and it's, it's surprisingly, it's very real. So yeah, that's the, you gotta be honest. You just answered literally all of my follow-up questions. Like does, (laughs) does it matter how far Philly goes? Does it, um, does the, is this just he wants to go back to Houston and it doesn't matter who else is there? Could this be partially. like a Kawhi to the Clippers thing where the moment he got there, like seconds later, they traded for Paul George? So um, I guess we'll see. Um, the fan base, as far as Rockets fans are concerned, um, I mean, I don't want to put a number on it because I don't know. I, I can put you on the spot and say, like, are, what percentage of uh, confidence are you that this is going to happen? But uh, more specifically, like the fan base, what percentage would they put on? Like, how much of their hopes are they putting on? Like, you know what? This season hasn't been what we wanted, but new coach, top five pick and Harden's coming back with help. Is that kind of like the the thing that they're all hoping for? I'll answer both of those questions in terms of Harden coming back and then uh, the fan base. And maybe it's a cop out, but I think the answer to both is 50, 50, 50, 50. Um, you know, but I think that's, that's pretty good. Quite frankly. I mean, we're talking about a coin flip, coin flip of a chance, right? Obviously I laid out all the reasons or the the factors for a Harden return. Um, But like it's a sliding scale, right? If Philly flames out in the second round of the playoffs, I mean, I bumped that 50, 50 up to like, you know, 70, maybe 80. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when I, and I check in with people who know and, you know, I'll say things like, I just can't see why it would happen. And I'll get responses like, you never know. Mm. And it's like, it's like, is that cryptic? Like, what are you trying to tell me? So, um, <laughs> right. So it's like, I'll, I'll say 50 50 uh, for him coming back because there's so much still up in the air. But it's uh, as far as it goes within him personally, as far as I can understand, I don't speak to him personally. I'll be clear about that. Um, but as far as I can understand that he is personally considering it, I, I think, I think Houston is kind of like home for him. Um, and, and I know it's home for his family as well. So like that might have something to do with it. Um, as far as the fan base goes, I would also say 50, 50, there's, there's a lot of fans that are like, no, you know, I don't, don't want to do this. We've gone through three awful seasons. We got Jay, you know, they're excited about Jalen green, Jabari Smith, the upcoming pick and all that. They want to build this thing out the right way. Then there's the other portion of the fan base. That's like, dude, yes, of course, bring him back. It would be the biggest win because you traded them and then you just got them right back. Um, 
you know, after like the, the tanking happened because the Rockets owe their draft pick to the Oklahoma city thunder starting next year. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the draft swaps and all that from the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook trade begin to kick in 2024, 25 and 26. So that that's also a factor for the Rockets, right? They don't have control of their draft pick 24, 25 and 26. So, you know, it's, it's basically like he comes back right before that happens. Um, cause the plan was pr- pretty much to tank in between trading him and the draft considerations flipping over to Oklahoma city. So some fans are like, yeah, dude, bring him back. We got cap space this summer, sign someone else or sign a couple other players. We're going to have our lotto pick. You know, we have these assets. Maybe you, you package one or two or a few of the young guys with a couple of these assets that you have and you go get a big fish. Um, one of the complications is who's available. You know, no one that I would want, you know, Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns. I don't think either of those guys yeah. do anything for the Rockets. So, um, so it's, it, people are torn, you know, some people want to see the rebuild through some people want to bring Harden back. As far as I'm personally concerned, I don't even know where I land. The, the issue for me is if like, am I thrilled about a James Harden return? No. And then I don't mean mm-hmm. that. I don't mean that negatively or disrespectfully to Harden, but just the way he plays is a very specific way. The ball sticks in his hands. We all know that he's not the same ISO player he was. He's a much better point guard facilitator or not even much better. He's just that 16, 17 season when he led the league in assists, like he's more that guy in terms of distributing the ball. And he's lesser of like the iso- isolation God score that we came to know in Houston. Um, but I see issues with like a Jalen Green Harden backcourt, for example, defensively for for starters. You know, I don't I don't think you're gonna do anything defensively. Um, and then just in terms of, you know, desire to win, it's like, again, I don't want to question the guy because, because there's a reason that maybe Houston makes sense over winning over basketball, but it's just scary. Cause it's like, you left him bead, you know, mm-hmm. if he, if he does it, it's like, you left him for, you know, so, so there's that. But then, um, in addition to that, <clears throat> he's going to get, he's getting older, man. He's my age. So he's about to be 34 and he's about to yeah. be 35 and he's about to be 36. And it's like, and he's been in Houston. He was an iron man. Um, he didn't miss games, but he's, he's had some hamstring injuries and I don't think those are going to be going away anytime soon for him. So that's also, also worrisome. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I don't know. You just want to see the young guys grow. Here's the other thing though, that, that I'm on the other side of it as well. I can understand Harden coming back because if you don't get James Harden, things have been so bad for the Rockets. At least they seem to be so bad on the, on the surface from the, you know, from an outsider's perspective that, if you don't get James Harden, who do you get? Yeah. You know, who is coming to Houston? Uh, D'Angelo Russell? Like, who? So th- that's my conundrum is like, do I want him back? Not necessarily. Do I understand that we might not, you know, beggars aren't choosers and we might not be in, a, in the greatest position to attract like a vet or a star vet without bringing him back? I also understand that, you know, so it, it's, it's weird. I'll just say that it's very weird. I don't, I don't think there's another team that's faced something like this. Well, the other element of this before we wrap up is like, like the, the top five pick of it all, you know, that could be the guy that potentially could be coming to not quote unquote, save the franchise. I, I'll be honest. I don't know if any NBA team needs saving at this point. I actually think we've figured it out to an extent of the path to be good again. And in the sense of the Rockets, like, okay, so Scoot Henderson gets drafted and then, oh, so the Rockets now have a, a, a good young core of Jabari, Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, and Scoot Henderson with Shingoon and all these young pieces. And then you get the right coach in there and next year, you could be just like the Rockets or what the, not the Rockets, the Thunder or like the, uh, the, what last year's Pelicans mm-hmm. were, you know? So um, that element part of that element of the of the of the uh the scenario is uh fascinating to me in that you could end up with a it's honestly similar to what the Knicks thought they were getting in 2019 where it's like we'll get Zion in the draft and then we'll get Katie and Kyrie and they had mm-hmm. to settle for RJ Barrett and then uh well what now has become like a fine piece in Julius Randle but um at the time it was a little less than than to be yeah. desired yeah. uh Point being, um, I'm fascinated by the situation in in Houston. I'm sure um, the rest of the NBA is as well. And as somebody who's hoping NBA does ask out, I'm also rooting for, and also just like as a New Yorker that's anti-Philly, I'm rooting for an early exit for for the Sixers. Last question before I let you go. 
Um, this matchup between the Knicks and the Rockets is. Can I make, can I make one more comment? Oh yeah, go ahead, absolutely. So one more comment is, it would be very interesting if we got the second pick in the draft for the reason you stated. It's like Scoot Henderson or James Harden. What do you do? I would mm-hmm. hope that they would still draft Scoot Henderson. Another component I forgot to mention though. Um, obviously, James is very close and loyal to Daryl Morey and Tad Brown, who I don't know his role in Philly now. I'm sure it's CEO or president of or something, but um, he was Morey and Tad Brown were the duo in Houston that that brought Harden to Houston. Mm-hmm. And so he has a loyalty to them. So that is another complicating factor. It would be difficult for me to see him just turning his back on them completely. Um, so keep that in consideration as well. But sorry. No, just I again more to the the situation that it's so it's so weird. The, uh, it's the, so un, layered and weird. the uneducated did not know. So we'll <laughs> I guess we'll see what happens this summer. Um, I like to get the perspective of the, whoever the Knicks are playing. Um, to get you know your perspective on how the Knicks are doing this year. Um, did they have they exceeded the expectations that you had for them going into the year? So I I'm actually really high on the Knicks. To be okay. honest with you, um, I I personally. Am of the belief that the NBA is better when the Knicks are good, mm-hmm. um, which hasn't been too often in the last, you know, two 20, decades. Nope. Yeah, two decades. A couple of mellow course, years. One yeah. weird, weird, we hear season two years ago. You're right. Yep. Yep. And, um, and obviously, I mean, the last time the Knicks had, you know, well, not the last time, but uh, one of the last times the Knicks were the Knicks was when they lost to the Rockets in the finals. Yes. Right? Um, I was hoping we could go this whole time without <laughs> mentioning the 94 finals, but of course I was not successful. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, I, I really believe that the NBA is better when the Knicks are better. Um, I, before the season, I thought the Knicks to answer your question, I think they exceeded my expectations before the season. I said that they would be at or slightly above 500. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on a, what three game skid. So, before this, they were 12 games above 500. Mm-hmm. Currently, they're nine above 500, which is still, I think, higher than I, you know, pre- I thought they could get there, but it was higher than I was willing to vocally predict on record, right? So um, they've exceeded expectations. I think Jalen Brunson has been phenomenal. I'm actually extremely jealous. I would love Jalen Brunson on the Rockets. He'd be a, the, the like perfect type of point guard that I would like in Houston. Limits turnovers, efficient, big game type player. Um, can shoot, can score. I mean, tough nosed, all, all, all of the cliches. He can do it all, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm really high on the Knicks. I'm still not as high on RJ Barrett. Um, and I'd be curious to know, like, where you are and where Knicks fans are. It's the million dollar question right now okay. in New York. So it's funny. I, we're short on time, but I had. I was I had intended to bring up the poll you put out two years ago with Jalen oh, yeah, yeah, Green yeah. against RJ Barrett. And shout out to Zach, your buddy Zach Noble, who told me who notified Nick's Nation about it. And then we <laughs> activated and got RJ to win yeah. the the, yeah, the poll. Yeah, I will did. say, I wonder how Nick's fans would vote today. Um look, in fairness to RJ, who's had an inarguably bad to just step back fourth year in the NBA. He has had a different role every season of his career. Year one, it was the worst spacing and you're the consolation prize to what was supposed to be KD, Kyrie, and Zion on the team. Um, Year two, they brought him along slowly and he was designated to be um, like a three-point specialist and was like elite from corner threes. Year three, um, he was given like a 30 usage and they were like, here, go get all the points you can and average like 24 a game when he had 30 usage, even though it wasn't that efficient. And then this year, I mean, between Jalen Brunson and Julius Randall, while he has like gotten the usage, he still hasn't, I don't know. It's it, I'm trying to make excuse. I'm, I'm trying to be nice to the fact that he just, he'll go through these stretches where it's like, Oh, you're having the worst game of your career tonight. Um, so I think I think a lot of Knicks fans are resigned to the fact that whomever the guy is that they're trading for this summer, whether it's the pipe dream of Embiid or if it's more realistic in like a Levine or an Ananobi, like RJ's not going to be here much longer. So that's that I think is the the scenario the Knicks are headed to with RJ. Yes or no, you're happy with the extension. In the moment, I thought it was fine. He need as the season's gone on, it's become worse and worse while okay. recognizing while recognizing the caps going up. So like, what is a bad extension at this point? You know, fair, fair. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I like the Knicks. Um, I'm happy that y'all didn't pull the trigger on Donovan Mitchell. Cause I think you kind of came mm. out better off 
because you still have your asset. I mean, you got Jalen Brunson in free agency for a very fair price. Believe me, that's our thought. Is yeah. that we're like, well, at least that's my thought. It's just I've actually seen the opposite perspective of like, imagine if you did pull the trigger. It's like, well, the butterfly effect. I have no idea what that happens I mean, with the look, rest of the season. You, you know? got Brunson, you got Julius Randle, who I know is controversial to some people up and down, but I still think he's a pretty solid player. Um, and you still have assets and an RJ Barrett contract and and whatever else to go get, you know, whoever that guy may be. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I think you're in a good spot. Um, but again, I, I like the NBA. I just think the NBA is better when the Knicks are better, man. Mad- Madison square garden used to be something, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, it's still the garden, but it's, it used to be like the garden, you know, like, Oh my God. So <laughs> I, I, I'd like to see it get back to there. Um, it kind of feels like I went to the university of Texas. I'm a Texas longhorn kind of feels like Texas football to me, right? Texas oh, okay. football. Texas football used to be like Texas football. Now it's like, uh, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get, but, <laughs> right, right. Um, but all things considered, I mean, Julius Randall, uh, Jalen Brunson. I like Grimes. I think the Rockets made a mistake taking Josh Christopher instead of Quentin Grimes, quite frankly. Mm. Houston uh, guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I like the Josh Hart trade. Uh, I like quickly. I, I think you have some pieces, right? I think it'll be a tough out if, if everyone's healthy in the playoffs. Um, I'd like y'all to win at least one one round for sure. I think that'd be fun. So Knicks have exceeded my expectations. And I think that if they make a couple of the right moves, they could really take a jump. I, I think Julius Randle and Brunson is a very solid base. Um, I think you got some good role players surrounding them. And then if you can just make the right move to put that third piece who may be like, you know, your top prize, whoever that may be, right. Whoever becomes available <clears throat> to then shift Brunson and Julius Randle to like second and third type guys. I think you could really hopefully become something. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give a shout out to uh, one of our guys, uh, Chris Persianen, who covers the draft for for us. And uh, he had a good line the other day that, you know, we we go back and forth as Knicks fans of like, who's the number one on this team, Julius or Jalen Brunson. And in reality, when this team is fully built, whenever they do make the trade for whomever, they're both going to be competing for number two. And it's just going to be an embarrassment of riches of yeah. like, oh, tonight Julius went off. He's the number two. And I kind of liken it to not exactly because I don't think Jokic is going to become available. But you look at what's going on in Denver where it's Jokic and then someone takes turns being the number two right. each night. And that's that's I think the hope is what the Knicks are, are building toward. Um, and we'll see eventually if they get there. Um, Roosh, you've been great with your time. Thank you so much for joining me. Before you go, please let the people at home t- uh, know where they can find you and all your stuff covering the Houston Rockets. That's right. I should have uh, put it in a parenthetical like you did. So, uh, oh, you- you're good. That's, <laughs> that's poor production on my part. I apologize. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, Roosh Williams, man. Uh, it, you see the name right there. That's my Twitter. Uh, that's pretty much where I do everything. Um, so follow me right there on Twitter. And then you can see in my bio, my bio biography, whatever, my bio, uh, the links to everything. We do a lot of, as you mentioned, with playback, we do Rockets Watch. So we host Rockets games. We host Rockets you know, discussions daily. So that's pretty much where I'm at. So find me on Twitter. And uh, Andrew, I appreciate the time. Had a, had a great time talking, talking some hoops. Glad to come back anytime. Absolutely. Happy to have you back sometime, potentially with a brand new look to the Houston Rockets as well. We'll see. Once again, a big thank you to Roosh Williams for coming on today's pod. It helped me preview this matchup against the Houston Rockets. All of the links to all of his social accounts, as well as the link to Rockets Watch on Twitter, where you could find them. Um, and all their watch parties, it's it's free to enter if you're going to want to go check out um, a Rockets playback. Um, I'm assuming that means they're going to be on playback tonight. Um, I have no idea if we're going to be on playback tonight. Uh, we did not discuss schedules, but we will announce that at some point this afternoon. How's that? Uh, but shout out to Roosh. It was good to uh, to get their perspective as well as this, this very fascinating James Harden situation. I, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this where a guy... Leaves the way he did to then suddenly go back after going to two legit contenders, forcing his way to two legit contenders in the meantime. So I'm going to assume this very personal reason that Roosh alludes to is a good personal reason. I guess we'll see how that all plays out. Obviously, here in New York, we are paying very close attention to how things go in Philly and whether or not Joel Embiid becomes available. So stay tuned for that, of course. In the meantime, we'll focus on this game on Monday night against the Houston Rockets. Um, No idea if we're doing playback tonight. Just stay tuned to all the Knicks Film School social accounts for a programming note of sorts. Um, Only a couple weeks left in the regular season, seven games to be specific. So 
I know we want to try and do as many playbacks as possible, but playback or not, there will be a post-game show, and hopefully it is a fun and joyous post-game show hosted by John Macri on Monday night because the Knicks snapped their three-game losing streak and got back to their winning ways and cut their magic number to clinch the uh, at least the playoff berth to five, um, and then they could sit back and watch... Um, Toronto and Miami on Tuesday night with, uh, you know, go Canada in our spirits. Um, so tune in, obviously, on Monday night if you want to tune in live on YouTube or check out on the podcast feed when we split it up into parts. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that'll do it for me. If you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. I'll be back Wednesday morning. Brand new pod. <laughs> talking about the Miami Heat once again. Uh, no Giancarlo, but I will say... Uh, shout out Giancarlo had me on the Miami Heat Beat podcast and didn't completely, you know, tear me to shreds because the Knicks had just lost to the Heat. Um, so you can check that out if you want to, you know, support your boy and the venture uh, that he made to go on to enemy territory as far as that podcast is concerned. But until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight and I will speak with you soon. Peace. <laughs>